As older adults with vision loss, we understand your fears, your frustrations, and feelings of isolation. The Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss is here to help you as you pursue the independent lifestyle you deserve. For more information, visit www.aaval-blind-seniors.org or call 916-995-3967 for more information. AAVL, a supporter of the ACB Media Network. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to the ACB History Book Discussion Group. This is Christy Creston. Today is July... No, sorry wrong month, August 3rd, uh, Tuesday, and I'm delighted to have you here this morning. We are discussing the book, People of Vision, A History of the American Council of the Blind by James J. and Marjorie L. McGivern, copyright 2003 by the American Council of the Blind. Last week, we started discussion of Chapter 3, and basically, basically got up just as the um, uh, North Carolina Federation of the Blind was being discussed, and Marie Boring had become the president, and people were the men were upset that she became president and took the job away from a man. Um. So what I'd like to do is to start out by asking uh, people to, uh, well, uh, actually start out by asking Sheila, our host, and and thank you, Sheila, uh, our host, and Larry uh, Gassman is streaming. Thank you. Sheila, could you please um, describe what needs to be done for muting, unmuting, raising hands, and et cetera? Yes, ma'am. I would be happy to. All right. If you're on a PC, to raise your hand is Alt-Y. To mute and unmute is Alt-A. If you're on a Mac, it is Option-Y. To mute and unmute is Command-Shift-A. If you're on a smartphone, it is, to raise your hand is under More Options on the bottom right, and you double tap on Raise Hand. And then to mute and unmute is on the bottom left. And if you're on a standard keypad, it is star nine to raise your hand for the letter Y and star six for the letter M to mute and unmute. So there you go, Christy. Thank you very much. Okay, um, so I would like to find out uh, from people kind of, you know, last week I made the comment that. Um, had uh, the amendments, there were 20 amendments that were uh, hoped to be included to the NFB Constitution during the 1955, I believe it was, convention. And um, had those 20 amendments been approved, the statement was made that the Civil War never would have happened. 
Um, as we read further on into chapter three, it gets quite um, involved and discusses many uh, fractures in the organization. But I'd like to hear from people before we get started on the rest of chapter three. And as far as hopefully we can get through the whole thing and hopefully people have read it all um, so that we can have a good discussion. Um, and if you haven't, you get to weigh in anyway, because that's how it is. <laughs> so Bob Acosta. <laughs> I'm Bob Acosta from California. And um, first of all, I don't remember reading the 20 amendments. I, I, I saw an allusion to it. And understand that Marie Boring was brand new. She was great. She she was she should have been president in North Carolina. I hope I'd have the courage and the strength if I lived that if I was active to vote for her because she was the best person. She later becomes the editor, as I remember, of the forum later, very prominent. And yeah. she spoke at a major event in two thousand one before her death uh, about everything, and she regretted everything. She admired Dr. Tenbrook very, very much. But to her, right was right and wrong was wrong. So I don't know the, the 20 amendments. I read the whole chapter, and I would only caution you to say who stated that there would not have been a civil war. That sounds like the McGiverns, and that's their right to make a statement. It was. It's an opinion. It wasn't it was McDaniel it, it, that I recall, and I'm going to be quiet. Maybe I'm dead wrong, but I never read no, the no, amendments. You're, Thank you. You're, you're, you're correct. Yeah the, the, yeah, the amendments were not, all of the amendments were not listed. Um, and it was a, a basically a statement by the McGiverns um, that had those amendments passed, um, there would not have been a civil war. Um, but as I said, you know, as we as we delve into the chapter, we're going to see that there's more and more uh, fracture, more and more division, more and more. Um, I don't know, people changing, maybe um, lack of um, lack of uh, clarity, lack of um, being transparent. Um, in in my life and in my mind, I believe that transparency is one of the most, aside from being honest, uh, transparency in our motives is one of the most um, important morals or uh, integrity that we need to live by, and and when we don't live by this. It complicates our lives and it complicates things. And I think my personal opinion, I think transparency and the lack thereof is a big major part of, of the breakdown of what happened with the NFB. And, and I'm going to give myself a license to say, when I first read this book, um, I did not understand this chapter as I do now. And um, growing up from the age of 18 to when um, the CCB, California Council of the Blind, split from the Federation, um, I did not understand 
the importance. When I joined ACB, um, I did not understand as much the importance of the democracy that I had been seeing. And today, it makes so much more sense to me why the uh, ACB is so adamant about the democracy. And there are some who would say that the ACB has its democratic problems as well. Uh, But what I see and what I experience as a member of the NFB um, is, is, is way different than what I see in the ACB. So are there any other hands raised? Yes, Larry. Larry? It's funny. In chapter three, I get the feeling, and 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 some of this is comments by the author, or some of this are some of these are comics comments by the authors. But when I read some of the things that were said uh, by those in power at the NFB, Kenneth Jernigan and others, um, I I get a feeling, and I don't know if this is the because it's the way the authors wrote or. I have no idea because, you know, based on how you write, you can influence people in terms of believing based on the the things that were written. But I, I get a feeling when I – and I didn't know Kenneth Jordan. I've met him, I think, once. But I didn't know him and I didn't know some of the others, obviously, because we're talking 1950s and I was just barely alive. But I, I get a feeling that at about that point in time and continuing on, it was beginning to be – here's who we are, we are in power, here's the way we believe things should be, and it's our way or the highway. I don't know that it's to that extreme, I have no idea. But some of the things that I've read make me think that that's the way it was, and there was opposition to that amongst the rank and file, there was opposition to that from even some others who were in power who said, no, we can't operate like this. We still have to be some form of a democracy. And I think this began to continue. The fractures you talked about happened a little later on, but but they were going to happen. You could see signs that they were going to happen based on philosophical differences, even in the early 1950s, but especially in the mid to late 50s going up. And this is from someone who wasn't involved in in any form of a blindness organizations until recently. But I, I begin to realize and know people based on what I read, etc. And that's the way I feel when I read these chapters. Thank you, Larry. Olivia? Olivia? Hi, guys. Um, hey, welcome. I, I agree, Larry. Um uh, I, I get the feeling it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a power grab and it's like, um, you know, we've, we've got, you know, it's like, if you agree with us, fine. But if you don't agree with us, see ya. And they, you know, they kick you out. And I know of cases, um, 20 years ago with Ed and Tony Ames, when they were changing some stuff, uh, for their, um, they they didn't want you couldn't have a guide dog in their uh, training facilities, and I remember what an uproar that was, and that was one reason that I left too, a uh, part of it. But yeah, I totally agree. Bob, thank you, Olivia. Bob. Okay, I just want to respond a little 
to Christy if I can. And again, yes. if there's if there's ten if there's ten hands behind me, I'll yield. No, there to there it. aren't. You're good. But okay, thank you, Sheila. But <laughs> please tell me you don't you don't offend <laughs> I'll me let at you all. Know. <laughs> okay, thank you. I want to tell you this. Understand, I'm not excuse. Look, I'm very happy to be an ACB. It's paradise. It's wonderful. Universal voting, ACB radio has taken the world. It, it, it doesn't matter about numbers. We're here for all blind people. We don't look at labels. If a blind guy's in trouble, I never ask him, wait, are you in the NFB? Oh, we won't help you. We, we try to help them if we can. That's why we're here. And I love it. But I can tell Christy that when we fought our lawsuit against Jernigan, who wanted to take our treasury in the courts, we held meetings that were not transparent. You could not let Ken Jernigan know our finances or we're struggling or whatever. You just couldn't do it. And if we'd have had a public meeting with all the members, somebody would have squealed. One of the members gave our fireside chats to their lawyers. I used to give speeches and I'm not a lawyer and I probably blew it occasionally. And I was president. And so there are times when you can't be transparent. Okay. Saying that, Dr. Tenbrook probably felt, I can't read his mind. He built the Federation. Even George Card said, Chick is the Federation. Kenneth Jernigan later said, I am the Federation. You don't hear that in ACB. The people are the council. And that's what, but I'm just trying to tell you. And it doesn't, it may sound like I'm defending the power grab. Oh, they had the power. And remember, when votes were taken on the convention floor, Dr. Tenbrook won all the way up. Two thirds of the membership stayed with the NFB. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe they were dead wrong. Maybe they're stupid. I don't know. But we always say when we lose, well, those guys don't think like we do. I've lost a few. And I said, well, you know, I know I'm right. But uh, so that's what I'm trying to say. He built it and he thought it was his federation and it wasn't. And that's where Durward reminded him that it isn't to belongs to all the people. And lastly, had anybody had anybody had a free press in the California Council of the Blind attacking the administration constantly, they were forced to do it because they couldn't get in the in the monitor, um, boy, that's grounds for expulsion. I mean, you just, in a social action movement, you, you just don't have opposition who just goes after them, especially if they lose at conventions. Now, that, with all that said, I'm delighted to be an ACB. It's a wonderful organization. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. All right, Debbie. Debbie? I think, I think we do oh, to the founding fathers. Um, there, it, was, it was an incredible undertaking uh, to start from nothing and build and it uh, all the way up. Um, but, I, but I think, uh, Mr. Acosti, that, that there, there absolutely had to be, as the agency grew, there had to be a shift in, in the way that we thought about uh, the organization and, and the need for the uh, members to be represented. And, and that that shift did not occur. They they continued to try to run it like the the small organization that it started out with, and it, it needed to change. Thank you, Debbie. And they th- that was actually mentioned that um, I think it was Marie Boring. Correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, but I think it was Marie Boring who said um, that Tenbrook was running the organization as if you know he did during the first 10 years and that it because it was getting larger 
um, they they did need to look at other points of view, and they did need to um, be more representative, basically. Um, I'm not sure who this is. It's call-in user, so you you may unmute and tell us who you are, please. Is Bernice? This is Bernice. Oh, and good, Bernice. You, you know, I came into the organization in, in um, 1973 into the American Council, and I had the privilege of meeting so many important people, and at the time I met them, I didn't know how important they were. Yeah. I did meet Marie Boyne on a couple of occasions. I did not have much time to chat with her, but she came across to me as the person that should be president of the American Council of the Blind at some point. She was so very strong and spoke so well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like um, uh, there, of the 39 people, I met a large number of them, and um, they always said that when, in 61, when they created the American Council, that the American Council was what the original federation was, and they always thought of it in that manner throughout the years. Um, you know, it, it yes, it, but they wanted it to be a people person, and, and I think you may know that Roger was at the Federation, and and as you know that Bob Acosta, you know this, that they used to run through the general sessions and tell the, the delegate how to vote, mm-hmm. and and, and Roger said it. They always said, "Vote the way California votes." And and you know, Roger. <laughs> That's funny. And Roger was the only no vote at the convention in 1974, and he was thrown out. You know, the, the his whole chapter was thrown out in the DC chapter, and 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 then they invited everybody to join a different chapter, at, except. For Janice and Roger Peterson, of course. In the same time that the um, North Carolina Federation of the Blind, um, in in that same time period, uh, Donald Caps, who was president of the uh, South Carolina Aurora Club. Um, wrote to George Card, and here we go with this this greeting card controversy again. So he wrote to um, to uh, George Card, who was in charge of the greeting cards um, and, and, and the fundraising. Um, he wrote to him because he was concerned um, he he also uh, has a vi- had a visual impairment and had a totally blind blind brother, and he though wanted to know um, that it would have been courteous to have contact uh, with the state agency in the state before 
uh, raising funds in that state. So he felt like he was caught unaware. Um, and, um, I, you know, again, this is the behind the scenes kinds of things um, that happen. And I'm sure it happens with ACB as well as an FB. Um, but with the, the, the controversy of um, the greeting cards um, fundraiser, it, can you imagine how disconcerting that might have been to all of a sudden you have this organization coming into your state, you've never heard anything of it. Um, you know, what do you guys think about that? Um, if you remember that part of the book. Bob, go ahead. You know, sadly, when our chapters have no money, that's, that's, the, that's the good thing. Very supportive, very good. There were instances in, I'm going to talk about the California Council of the Blind, when one of mm-hmm. our chapters got $65,000 in a will, okay, directly, technically, because they were not incorporated, the, ch- the council could have taken their money. Many of our chapters operate unincorporated under the umbrella of CCB. And so we had no, that chapter was totally loyal. They always, I think they supported me and Tony Menino and others. But when they got money, look out. Remember the greeting cards, Bernie Gershon, when he came in and brought the Federation a lot of money, the promoter. Um, um, They got money, but they had problems. Let the state, remember, some of the proceeds went back to the states. And then you start wondering, are they cheating us? That's always a great choice. Dr. Tenbrook is cheating us or whoever the president is. So that's what I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, uh, these things happen. It doesn't excuse things. One more point I wanted to make, Christy. Remember the agencies were opposed to, he was opposed to them too. But that's another reason they weren't. He's not going to stand before the convention and say, let me tell you what Marie Boring said or Earl Sherry. Oh, my God, we have so many problems. No, we always said we're great. We're powerful. That's what presidents do. You, I mean, I know the membership should know, obviously. But but how do you do that when the AFB had a reporter at the convention, you know, and things like that? So anyway, yeah. I'm rambling. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Thank you. Anyone else? No, ma'am. Not right now. Am I here? Yes, Roger. 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 Yes. Okay. Well, somehow we got thrown off the deal. Well, what I was going to tell you was, and I hope this is still vaguely relevant, that the the resolution from that the leadership proposed at the convention in '74 um, that I voted no, and I was the only no vote, was a resolution to say that. No federation group could join a coalition with other people, other disabilities. Um, but also the other thing Bernice wanted to, to say is that when I, during that same convention, I had, I had the uh, audience with, with Pope Jernigan, and uh, he told me uh, that one of the things that he had against me was that I had a panel at the D.C. convention which was called the dynamics of discrimination. And I had different panelists who were with different in, in different rights groups to compare what it was like. And one of them was a gay 
group. And Jernigan said, there's no room for that in, in our organization. It gives our opponents ammunition. And um, so uh, that's, uh, that was the story there. Ron, Ron, well, I, I'm sure, Bob, you you had a lot of discussion with with him, as did Roger, you know, and coming along the, the pike and about a lot of issues. Yeah, he told me that he told me he said there's no such thing as a Democrat. No, no social action organization can be democratic. He said your your friend Martin Luther King doesn't doesn't allow dissension in his organization either. Believe me. Well. Your um, panel would have been greatly even appreciated this year <laughs> during the convention. Um, that that uh, sounds like you were ahead of your time, Roger. <laughs> um, but no, I'm behind um, it. I'm old. <laughs> yeah, we're old, but we're old. We're, we're we're old, but we're not behind the times. I don't think so. Well, and you know the other thing is that that uh, the council wanted Roger. Durward was very close to Roger and tried to get him into the council. And you know he didn't get voted in in the beginning. And uh, well, yeah, the the council the council uh, chapter in this in the District of Columbia was an old organization called DC Association of Workers for the Blind. And when Janice and I applied for membership in there, um, they they vote they did not vote us in. So Durward said, "Come with me," and we went to the bar in the uh, restaurant that we were in, and he took our our dues for the Maryland affiliate. So we joined we joined the council <laughs> for the Maryland affiliate. Wow, but, you know it. it but we were, where we were was in D.C., about two blocks from Maryland. <laughs> That's funny. So, thank you very much for your comments. And it, it almost, you know, Christy, it almost sounds like that Roger should write a book. <laughs> I know, I know. Are you guys writing history? I know, Roger. I don't that even read. Alone, right? We we should be writing some history. We talked with a friend two days ago, and she was just totally blown away from all the things that Roger had done in his life, you know, some of the things he had done in his life and whatever. And, you know, when, when they occurred, they were special to us, but now looking back at them, they're even greater than they ever were before. And, and, you know, you, you know, you talk about the kind of panel Roger had, um, you know, we don't have strong uh, entities like that, but what like we used to have. That's what that's what struck me. I think I told you when I went to my. That's because we have Demo That's because we're too democratic. Yeah, when I went to my first <laughs> convention in '73 in Knoxville, Tennessee, I I went by bus and at 49 hours I get there and I and I I don't know anything. What am I supposed to do? How does this function? Whatever. And I laid on my bed at 6.30 in the morning, and I cried because I didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, I decided, well, I graduated from Arizona State University, but I'm taking classes because I'm working there. I only had to pay $5 tuition. And, and so they were trying to start the National Alliance of Blind Students. So I went there, and, and because of that, uh, every time we would walk down, um, uh, well, that's how I got to meet Derwood McDaniel. 
uh, Mac Riley made an appointment to take the draft of the Constitution and, and have him, you know, look at it. And Derwood made that appointment at 4 a.m. <laughs> and that was yeah. a true Derwood, a very true Derwood. You know, he would he would have dinner and a couple of drinks. And, you know, he, he wasn't, a, he, he was a very calm fellow and whatever. And then he would go back to his room and through the night he was doing organization stuff every day at the convention. And um, see you at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There, there were, I, I, you know, that's one of the things I, I cannot tell you how much I miss Durward, but there are other people like, well, of course, everybody knew MJ Schmidt and, yeah. and, um, uh, 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 uh let me, let me say, uh, so person, Brad, uh, Brad Burson, uh, he yes. was an interesting fellow in the organization and he was one of the 39 and, uh, and he, he and- Bernice, and he got kicked out, kicked off the NFB uh, board. Yep. He did some yep. major yep. work for um, for dealing with the unemployment of uh, people who are blind. Uh-huh. And and if you read in chapter three, you will read about five. Uh, um, uh, I don't know what they were called uh, statements. Um, he proposed questions to um, the board, and, and and he pleaded for them to answer uh, his questions. And did, I know Durward, Durward did. It, it, it indicated that Durward did, um, but late. But he was not given the respect that he deserved. That's, that's true. And, you know, uh, I don't know what you know about Brad Burson, but he he ended up coming to Stanford to get his bachelor's and then a law degree. At, they were pushing him into to law school. He said you're blind. You should be a lawyer. So and he he didn't yeah. want to be a lawyer. Physicist. No, he yeah. went back to Chicago where he was from, and he went to school again. And he came became a what kind of physicist? Judge? Nuclear physicist. Nuclear, Nuclear physicist. Right. At Argonne National Laboratories in Chicago. You know where right. they made the. Made the bomb, yeah, right. right. Or they made to the bomb, I guess. And and and, but I what I wanted to tell you that you will find interesting about about him is in I I was in training in Los Angeles in '74 for Social Security, and I took off a week and went to the convention in Chicago. I didn't have permission. I just went. (laughs) I walked into a dance. There was hardly anybody in there. Two little ladies with their little handbags hanging on their wrists, and they were dancing with each other. And this man walks up to me and says, "Hi, Bernice. It's Brad Burson." And and we chatted for a few minutes because he had met me in '73 in Knoxville. And and um, he said, "Bernice, we need to start a women's group." And he, as a low vision person, male. He was the one that got the the women's group started in the American Council of the Blind. I always awesome. have. Just like Durward and Durward uh, D- Apple and Apple. Totally blind people said there should be a, a low vision group. Yeah, they. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's interesting Good. to me. Very interesting. Uh, the thoughts and, and, and feelings of, of 
of uh, all different kinds of people in the organization. But anyway. Christine, thank you very I think, much. I think I, Bob might want to be ch- um, chiming in on this conversation because he's got. Yes, I was just going to ask if anyone else wanted to um, to comment. Bob. Well, I I only wanted since they're telling stories way ahead of the <laughs> of the chapter three. I would like to share briefly how California Council of the Blind got into the uh, the ACB because. We never would have. We were a staunch federation chapter until mm-hmm. they sued us and went after our treasury and said we weren't and that we never helped the blind, so forth. It, then we met Derwood McDaniel, and the first thing I did, he said, well, do you want to look for my horns? I said, yeah, and he didn't have any, and we shook hands. And that was in the early 80s, and he was a marvelous, wonderful man, very patient, never mm-hmm. did push for merger anything just was there at our conventions contributing where he could. And finally, in uh, 1983, um, some of us were in a room. And very briefly here, I want to try to make it brief. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Durward and Alan Jenkins wanted drinks, and Don Queen and I went to get them. And we brought the drinks back. And behind us is Manuel Urena. And he said, I know what you guys are doing. I won't say the words he used. You want to merge. You want to go into ACB. We hadn't even talked about it. Never <laughs> talked about it. And we talked till five in the morning about it then. And uh, Durwood always called Manuel dad. He said, you're the father of merger in California. Because none of us were, we were just talking about other things. And we did that. And then when we uh, came in in 84, um, mm-hmm. it was a close vote. California, we knew Mr. Campbell, the Reader Fund, all of them, George, great guys. They helped us in our court battle, and they fought hard to keep us out. And the vote, uh, there was a move to table, and it lost eight to six. And then Durward got up, and he said, tell these people to go home, 5,000 Californians. Let them come. Let them go home. Kick them out. And he gave that kind of a speech, and we won 10 to four. The board let us in. But... We promised that we would merge by 85, and mm-hmm. we did. Both sides got together, yeah. and we merged, and it was a wonderful thing. We, had, we met great friends. Word. I could list a whole bunch of some of those people that uh, Bernice mentioned, but others who I never knew before because we weren't in the same organization. But we pulled right. together, and it was absolutely wonderful. Thank you. By the way, People of Vision says it was 86, and it's really what it was 86. I'm sorry, Roger. Sorry. In in people of vision, it says that it was eighty six. But I know know they're they're wrong. It was eighty five. We were there at the reunification. Yeah, and also also people of vision. I want a copy of that recording of the the song. Roger, uh, they should have talked to you on people of vision because they also stated regarding the San Francisco chapter that I demanded half of their money. That is not true at all. No Mm -hmm. way. It was theirs. It was their money. But well, Jernigan listen. tried to make it look like we sold it. We were trying to steal it from him. No way. We did we, not. And I would never do that to a chapter. If they want to donate half, that'd be great. We knew Jim and his wife. Roger met Jim in 1970. Jim and nothing to do with blindness. And and they they flew a, 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 his wife here to interview Kathy Skyvers and Roger and me and a, a bunch of people. In, in the Bay Area for the book. And, and you know, Jim used to talk with us frequently about the fact that 
ACB's office had moved a few times and they would put stuff in a storage unit and it was just all shoved in there in no organization and whatever. And he struggled and struggled to try to find documentation. If I may, since I'm almost finished, I want to say they should have consulted Roger Peterson and not Charlie Hodge for the great. He had a photographic memory, but he also had biases, which Roger is our true historian. He quotes it the way it is, good and bad. Thank you. And, and Roger, and that's why I'm really hoping that if somebody is listening and you are interested in history, you need to get with Roger and Bernice and Bob and Don Queen and and people who are yeah, we are going to be along, bro. No, we're going to we're going to organize that in the very near future. And Roger, I'll get you that recording today. I'll send you your link. He, oh, he, he wants that. That sound. You yeah. know the uh, uh, Bob. We remember the 1984 convention in. <laughs> yeah. So do I. And and one more thing, Christy, and I I will shut up then. They always told us in the Federation, there's only 20 on the floor of ACB. They're nothing. We have spies there and we have 20. I went to Pennsylvania and that crowd was huge. It was huge. I couldn't believe it. And everybody's hugging me and everybody's saying it. And I remember vividly later when uh, at another convention, Roger will remember this. Um, the, the chairman of resolutions, South Carolina one introduced when he says, no, I didn't like it. So I, I left it in my room. I'm not going to present it. And good old me jumped up and said, we want to hear it. We want to hear it. And everybody said, yes, yes. And they voted it down, but it's called democracy. They gave that state the right to have their resolution heard. And I said, this is my group. They didn't yeah. vote for it. I would, you know, I, it was not well written. The chairman was right. right. They should have helped her. But they voted it down, but they demanded that she that that South Carolina be heard. Right. And, and you know, another thing about that convention was Doc Watson was there. I'm sorry, who was there? Doc Watson. Oh, oh, yeah. He performed at the banquet. Yeah. Oh, wonderful yeah. So, and uh, folk singer. So I would like to um, bring us back to chapter three okay. in the remaining time. Good that luck. We have. Uh, I know. Um, so I, I just want to, um, you know, share that so many things happened in chapter three. Um, we had um, people being kicked out of the Federation right and left. Mm-hmm. Um, we had um, uh, Archibald, Archie Archibald. Um, being um, he was a summar- summarily dismissed from the uh, executive directorship and um, two people were put in his place um, the board didn't even know that this was happening um, we had uh, Earl Sherry being uh, dismissed we had if you just read to the end of chapter three, you'll see so many, so many things were happening just very quickly in succession. Um, and oh, yes. by the, by the 1958 convention, um, yes, we did have a lot of chapters joining 
we had a lot of affiliates joining. Um, but we had very big dissension. And, uh, and so um, does anyone want to comment on um, basically the, what happened during the end of chapter three? <laughs> you have no hands raised, so no I'm hands. not sure. Well, see, so you're being more granular than we are. We're looking at the whole, <laughs> the whole thing. Right. Oh, Christy, I lied. Bob, Bob's hands up. <laughs> okay, Bob. Thank, thank you. I think let's go back a bit, Christy. Probably the beginning of it was the lean to the office that Dr. Tenbrook got and the, nobody knew for a year. First of all, I think some people knew. It, that, that's the problem. Remember the early letters, Jerry was included in the letter writing, yeah. right? He wrote to a few. Jernigan was always on it. And you read that. And the lean-to was the beginning. And Durward and other lawyers, when they heard about it on the board, fixed it. Roger, I don't know how they did it, but they wrote a, They approved what he did. What are you going to do? It was $12,000. I don't know what it was worth in 1956 well, or 55. <laughs> yes, the, the NX to his But that uh, was that was the beginning. House. If I right. may say that 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 was oh. Durward calls that the turning point, and yes. I think the other turning point was the free press and Durward's he became president, and they're just going to kick him out, and they had the votes to do it. But you'll hear more in chapter four. Durward yes. always said, if the six affiliates that they kicked out had been had been left to vote in there, we would have won. That's what he always told me. There were six yes. affiliates they kick out in in the winter mm-hmm. of fifty nine. So no, we'll find another- that out next. We'll find out about that. Next we'll find week out in <laughs> Santa Fe, right? Um, and and so yes, the 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 uh, the addition to his home uh, of and using NFB funds mm-hmm. uh, to build that office uh, on Chick's home and his. It, I don't know. Was that the home in Berkeley or that was a different home? I went I was, to the. His home in Berkeley on Chester Road, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I went there. It was the beautiful I've been there. <laughs> I've been Bob, there. Bob, did you go there? Yes, and I saw the office. It's not much, but it was an addition, no. and I'm sure the board would have approved it, would have approved it, by the way. Had no, it they would have been, said, do it. Right, had it feet from the rest of the house. Yeah. yeah, but had it have been, you know, again, transparent, yeah, I need this. I need to... Um, I need to have a place to work. I I believe they would have. Been yeah, he would have got it. I don't know why. Right? He didn't do it. I think um, that's where the then, monitor was produced. I think they had a mimeograph or something there too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then the another thing was the secret salary of George Card. Yeah, that was not um, where he was given uh, funding. Um, the 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 right thing would for would have been for him to resign his um his vice presidency on the board right away um and and he you know then it would not have been go against the um no no officers are um are paid a salary no officers are uh, given remuneration and that was not true um, because George Card was being paid a salary, and not only that, but it had also then been increased. 
So he finally steps down as vice president, first vice president. Um, But again, but again, Christy, right or wrong, and I think it was wrong. The convention gave George back his full salary. The, the convention is supreme authority. I think it was a wrong move. I agree with you. It's conflict of interest, all kinds of things. But that, that, so that encouraged the administration. They said, well, yes. we'll get it in the convention. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, one, one structural thing that, that I noticed in reading People of Vision, and I remember it from when being there, is that they didn't have the federation. What the federation had was an executive committee that ran right. it. The board, they had what they called a board of directors, but that was, that was show. That was, uh, yes, advisory. Yeah, that was, and and they were honor, they were honorary board members. Right. They had I no vote. That is Paul Grant and, um, uh, the guy, oh, I'm losing, I'm, my, my, uh, well, until he, until he was let go, uh, George Burson, and I can't remember the Brad third Burson. one. Brad Burson. Brad Burson. I mean, and I can't remember the third person. No, but the, the guy that was that Kingsley ran the Price. Oh, yeah. Kingsley and, Price. And T. Mumford Boyd was Pinkham, on Mumford Judge Boyd. Boyd. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was on the, with Isabella Grant, is what mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. I don't understand that committee, that the honorary board members. I, I don't know, Roger. Yeah, that, that was a very strange. Arrangement. That was strange, I thought. Yes. Well, and, and what it did was it gave, because of their positions in life, um, it it basically lent their position and their name, as far as I'm concerned, to be exploited. Oh, while, so, that's, so that's while, where Bob and I should be, the old folks, right? Well, no, no, no. It it was it was because of their position as um, you know as a physicist as um, what was Murray Boring was a. Uh, no, I mean, Elizabeth Grant, a uh, teacher. Medical transcriber. Medical yeah. transcriber. Mm-hmm. We had uh, good guys on the on the board. Durward uh, was a lawyer. Uh, right, but what, I'm, but what I'm saying is the, um, the people who were honorary, it was because of the job that they had, um, because well, it looked I think, good. So Isabel went around the world. I mean, she it, was. Right, she was with the World Blind Union. Yeah. She, I remember asking her after after a couple of years, some years after Tenbrook's death, I said, you know, since Tenbrook's no longer here, I don't hear about international stuff anymore. Why yeah. do you suppose that is? And she said, because Jernigan is from Iowa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I may share, yeah. Russ Kletzing said, Ken thinks that Iowa is a country. And it's, it's <laughs> right. the way he ran it, it was a country until the governor fired him in Iowa. Uh, Christy, you have yeah. 10 minutes, dear. She had that Sorry. Okay. Scottish accent. I, I so what it. I'd like to do is ask people, those who have not shared, what have you gained or gleaned from this discussion? I need to get off here, Louie. Don't get off, just mute. <laughs> All day. I can, I can mute them. Not on the phone. If, if they want to mute. Yeah, I would like to hear from um, the rest of the people that are right. participants. Um, what what if what's what are your thoughts? What have you gotten from this discussion today? Libby, go ahead. 
Thank you. Um, I just, it just, as I was reading it, um, I just could not get over the uh, amount of power that some of these people wielded and that the whole thing was, it was about power and money. And that really, now that I'm not an nfb -er anymore, uh, I can totally see that point of view where they how they where they came up with that and how they did it thank you anyone else no hands are raised may i say something if no yeah, hands are raised no no, no you no. didn't raise your hand it's right i'm raising <laughs> it now and it hurts to do that so but i will raise it i will forgive you thank you it's interesting <laughs> It's not so much what I learned while reading the book, although although some of that is true. Uh, I have a radio background. I have an old-time radio background. I've been what some people have called John and I icons in the old-time radio hobby. Don't know that I agree with that. But we've been doing it for 50 years, and we learned by interviewing people who worked in that profession, both radio and television. And every time I had the chance to talk to to one of them or more than one, because there were five, six hundred of them, I soaked up the knowledge that they had to convey because they were there. They lived it. It was a time that I obviously wasn't available for because I wasn't alive, but I loved what they did and how they did it and just the whole ambience of that time period in terms of radio. And I feel the, uh, the same way about ACB and CCB. I wasn't there, but it's a fascinating time from someone who wasn't there to actually be there. So you soak up the knowledge based on the people that you know who were there because it's a time of, it's a, it's a way to learn. And I love to learn, and, and I, I soak up that kind of knowledge like a sponge because it helps me later on understand why people did what they did. And even though I don't agree with it necessarily in all cases, at least I understand the perspective. So this has been invaluable to me. And yes, Christy, this is Sheila, and I have to say that I, I have not read the entire book. I do plan to, but I have not. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you told me I could talk. Um, yes. <laughs> anyway, Go ahead. I have just thoroughly enjoyed the calls that I have hosted or been listening to, listening to Bob and listening to Roger and Bernice and everybody that has been around. And I really wish that we could have a people of vision too, because yes. I really think yeah. there's more information out there that we need yes. to get that we don't have. And you do have a hand raised, Beth. Go ahead, dear. Well, you know, Jim McGivern died um, uh, December 16th at the age of 89. And, um, I, I, yes, we do need another one of those. But one, one of the major things that, that I feel in the organization now is they do not have the uh, knowledge and understanding of the physical and emotional strength that people went through to get to where we are. I agree with that, Bernice. I totally agree. I agree. And, and one of the reasons why 
I feel so strongly about this, and and this is why I wanted to um, host this series um, is because we don't know history. Uh, you know, we don't know what people went through, and and so much is taken for granted. Mm-hmm. That uh, I'm really, really serious that we are so endangered to lose the gains that we have because because people do not understand, do not know the blood, sweat, and tears that I know I consider myself to be a pioneer Mm -hmm. um, in terms of in the employment arena um, as, as a licensed clinical social worker. Um, My mentor is is Jean Marie Moore. She fought for the ability yeah. for me to even test and to pass my license. Mm-hmm. And so when when blind people test uh to to become social workers, they don't know what we went through to get this available to them. Um That's right. Christy, when, if I may, if I may Chris, comment. Hang on, hang on, Bob. Hang on. Beth, okay, I just Beth, want to mention something yeah, about Jean Marie. No, I, I was just going to. Go ahead, Beth. I was just going to say I agree with the lady that was speaking because um, I remember, uh, well, in reading this book, um, a lot of things that were happening with, especially. NFB, um, now that I'm not an NFB anymore, but when we were still at the school, um, they were kind of condemning, uh, oh, no, you shouldn't go to the ACB meetings. And, you know, I don't know. And they, I know that here in New Mexico, there was a lot of sabotage involved in stuff. And Mm -hmm. um, even when I was working at the, at the industries, um, there was a black lady that was a, she was a VR counselor, but well, she was a, no, she had been a counselor, but then she was assigned to be an administrator of the, of the training center of the, uh, industries there here in Alamogordo. And they, um, they sent someone, apparently she was from NFB or I don't know. She was from Santa Fe. She was supposed to be a student, but everything this poor lady would do, she would, she was sabotage her, and she was trying to. She was much older than us, and and we were in our twenties, and she was trying to get a lot of the students, uh, a lot of the people there to, uh, to be on her side, and um, and then this was in like seventy, seventy nine, eighty around there. And what happened was, I guess NFB went behind everybody's back, and they they went to the legislature. And before we knew it, they were in charge of the the school, the Commission for the Blind, and the industries and stuff. And then they eventually closed the industries. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know; it was just a real awful thing. But they tried to make a racial, you know, they, oh no, Miss this lady was prejudiced and all this stuff and. Mm-hmm. She wanted her people to succeed, and you know, I, there was just a lot of sabotage that was, and to an extent, still kind of 
still kind of is going going on because they like a few years ago a lot of people joined NFB and they were saying or joined ACB excuse me so we tried to start a you know a, a bigger chapter and they're like no you can't belong to both so they either had to make a choice and I don't know it was one minute now, left one that's, minute that's an interesting um, ending discussion thank you for your input and um, this is to be continued for next week because this is a this is some ongoing discussion here. This is Christy Crespin thanking Sheila Young, our host, Larry oh, Gaston, well, thank you. our streamer. And um, I really appreciate all of you being here. Stay tuned for chapter four for next week for uh, July, August 3rd. <laughs> um, people of vision discussion. Thank you.